Shut up and sit down. Welcome to the show. It's episode three, an hour of entertainment, and it's all for free. We talk about sports, news, and our lives, the mailbag, the jokes, our girlfriends and wives. So sit back, chill out, and enjoy the ride. And if you like what you hear, just press subscribe. Welcome to episode three of A Guy Thing. I'm your host, Joe Mignon, with my co-host, Brian Malone, and I'm very impressed. Thank you, sir. Thank you. I figured uh, I wanted to highlight my poem skills, so I figured, what the fuck? Let's just do it on episode three. I like it. I like it. My thing with you is going to be, for every episode that we do, I'm going to do a different intro every single time, and you're not going to know what it's going to be. You're not going to know what I'm going to say, what I'm going to do. I'm just going to Surprise you. Surprise intro. It's my present from one friend to another. I like them. Surprise intros. I'm very excited for next week now. (laughs) we got to get through this week first. It's a good point. It's a good point. (laughs) So what's going on, man? What's new? Um, It's it's been a good week. Um, Before I get into myself, I just wanted to thank our subscribers. We got new subscribers. So thank you guys for uh, tuning in. As you know, every major platform out there... Apple Podcasts, which is the one that I use, and we also are on Spotify, Google Podcasts. I mean, we're, we're on every single one out there, and the numbers are growing, so we're very thankful for that. We're also currently rated five stars on Apple Podcasts and all major platforms out there. Thanks, Mom. So, yes, thanks to our friends and family for giving <laughs> us those five-star ratings. We need it, you know? You know how it is. All those people out there that, that have a really big following on your podcast or your your uh, subscription station on YouTube, obviously, it all starts with family and friends. So thank you, guys. Um, Mailbag actually exploded this week, and we'll get into that in a second. Um, I guess week in review, you know? I mean, what, uh, what went on with you this past week since we last recorded? Well, uh, Saturday, I was up here at your beautiful home with... Uh my wife and some some friends. We played some uh, some interesting games and <laughs> had a good time. It's been a while since we've all been up here hanging out. Yeah, so that was fun. It's it, it's it has been a minute. It was fun. Yeah, we had uh, a few listeners out there. We had a little shindig. Had some friends over. Um, obviously, Brian, his wife, my buddy Brent, and his wife, and me and my wife, and we did a little couples night, and it was great. We had drinks and. I barbecued on the grill, did some burgers and dogs, and uh, Tiki Bar was lit up out back. For those of you who don't know, I do have a Tiki Bar in my backyard. It's fucking awesome. I love it. And then we proceeded to play this awesome game called awesome. Cards Against Humanity. Yes, I'm sir. sure some of you have heard of it and played it. Some of you may have not. It is a fucking awesome game. Lots of laughs, lots of fun. I think we, we must have played for like two hours, I think. We, we were, did. We had to take a break. <laughs> yeah, we took an intermission. Because ashes were numb. <laughs> it, was, it was awesome, man. Yeah, we, we had fun. And then uh, Brian brought over this awesome uh, like roulette-style drinking game. So it's basically the same rules as roulette, but with shot glasses. So we filled them up with beer, water, vinegar, Worcestershire sauce, 
So we, we, we were fucking around with that too. That was that was really funny, man. <laughs> yeah, that was interesting. Um, and it ended up being a boys' game, really, because none of the girls had the the stomach for it, which I understand. You know, yeah. it's a special kind of person to drink vinegar. I, I happen to do it every day, so. But you know, I have to tell you something. My, my mom watches now or listens. Watching, see, I'm going in the future now with watching. But my mom listens. Um, so far, five stars. She didn't yell at me too much for my profanity, oh, which I'm excited good. about. Well, at least your parents or your mom listens. My parents are not very good with technology, so even if I would tell them tune in, they probably wouldn't or couldn't figure out how. They either. would want to though. I'm sure they will, and I'm definitely gonna have them tune in, uh, but. Uh, yeah, even if I explained it to them, I love my parents to death. It's not a knock against my parents. They just were not born and raised in a technology uh, society. So um, with that being said, you know, it just is what it is. Um, but yeah, they, they, they're going to tune in eventually one of these days and they're going to hear me saying this and then they're going to comment on that. So, <laughs> so I got to tell you, I work today. Um, I'll say what I can. I looked up from my desk and I saw a police cruiser coming in, sirens blaring, and uh, I went back to work, as you should. I looked up again, there's three more. I was like, oh God, here we go. So I called my boss and I'm like, hey, it's, uh, this cop's here, just want to let you know. And uh, the cop approaches my door. So with my boss on the phone, I'm like, I gotta go, cops are coming. And I hang up on him. And, uh, but I still have my phone in my hand. So the cop is, uh, I open the door for the cop and he's like, hey, you got the video? So I'm thinking, he's thinking I videotaped whatever he thinks happened. And I'm like, video? What video? I have no video. Because cops freaked me out. As a brown person, <laughs> for some reason, this is unwarranted. I love police, but it's unwarranted. I freak out. And I'm like, video? What video? I have no video. And I'm like, oh, security tapes. Right this way, sir. And I took him to where he needed to go. Um, and then I look at my phone. My boss is like, you cannot tell me cops are there and then hang up on me. He's like, I'm freaking out over here. What's going on? <laughs> so, I can't really say what happened because, uh, yeah, because people listen. But uh, so that was fun. Uh, cops. Ever since I was a kid, has it really does have nothing to do with being brown. But um, I just cops freak me out. They really well, do. Well, I, I think with cops, you never know what you're gonna get. Now, there is police brutality out there, obviously. Uh, and that's with anything, you know. It's not just against blacks. It's against no, not at all. Really, was, anybody. You it was know, a joke, what I mean? guys. It was a joke. <laughs> it, 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 you know, it, it's just one of those things. But look, I, I, I'm Italian. I don't consider myself white. I consider myself I Italian. Do. You're white. Yeah, well, whatever. We all look the same, right? Is that what it is? <laughs> yeah, we all look alike. <laughs> so you know, for me, it's like uh, I've dealt with really cool cops. Like for example, real quick, I my grandmom had passed away in May, and I was on. We're on our way to her her wake. I'm on 95, and, you know, I'm just thinking about her and memories and stuff, and I'm not really paying. I'm driving, present, but I'm not paying attention to what I'm doing. Autopilot. I'm, I'm speeding, dude. And Lucy was behind me. State trooper was behind me. Behind, the state trooper was behind me, but in the lane to my right. I gotcha. was in the far left. And then he edged up and was riding me neck and neck, which I didn't know until my wife told me afterwards, as if to say, hey, dude, you know, slow down. Slow it down. Not even paying any attention. Then he gets in the further right lane. I get in the middle lane. Then he, see, and I guess I passed him at that point. 
And then he got around, got behind me and pulled me over. So anyway, I'm dressed in black. I have pictures of my grandmother on, on my passenger seat. Right. And he came right up to me and he said to me, um, you know, I pulled you over. I said, officer, I apologize. I, I, I probably was speeding. I'm on my way to my grandmother's wake. I'm just not thinking clear. And he just looked at my car. He saw I was dressed in black. He saw the pictures of my grandmother on, on the chair. And he he's like, just slow it down, man. And he just and that's a rarity because usually the state troopers they're gonna take your information because that's their job. This is what they do. They're on the highway all right, day. They have long. a procedure to yeah. go through. The guy just let me go. So you know, there's a little story about good cops, and I've dealt with some some asshole cops too. But it is that's what it people is. in general. That's people. You know, I'm yeah. an insurance agent. I'm a good one. You know, because I love me. Uh, but there's some asshole ones too. It's every profession ever. Yeah. So that's true, man. But on a lighter note. This kind of funny story. We're uh, we had a date night last uh, Friday night, and me and my wife we went to Red Lobster right down the house. Nothing crazy, but I was craving fish, and I wanted to get those fucking king crab claws. I love crabs, and not the kind that crawl on you, but the kind that you eat. So, I got this double stacked fucking cluster of, of king crab claws anyway it was delicious we had a good dinner we go to this ghetto ass movie theater called phoenix theater in lake worth over here Never anyway it's like real old school late you know just nothing's fixed up at all like the other theaters have the recliner chairs and everything like that so <laughs> we went to go see equalizer too with denzel i'm a huge denzel fan love the guy always always liked his his work so it's kind of late in the game to see Equalizer 2. I think it was like one of the last theaters to have it, but I really wanted to see it. Awesome movie, by the way. If you haven't seen it, go see it. If you haven't seen the first one, definitely see the first one. It's awesome. So we're sitting in the back of the theater. It's me and my wife, two other couples, and we're like halfway through the movie. And all of a sudden, my wife goes, what the fuck? And like, she's like, oh, something hit me in the head. I think a moth hit me in the head. I'm like, all right, you know, let me let me take well, let me take a look and see what's going on. Let's make sure it's not in her hair or anything. So I took my camera light out and I'm I'm looking. I don't see anything. And she gets up and she's like, yeah, but it's just like it really hit me hard in the head, you know. I was like, ah. all right. And we're looking around. She goes, oh my god, there it is. <laughs> I fucking turn around. And I look. It's a fucking palmetto bug. Oh my god, dude. It was. For the people that can't see us, it was about four inches long, which is fucking huge. That is so if you bug. don't know what a palmetto bug is, for those of you listening and not in Florida, it's a, it's a cockroach with wings. It's disgusting. Yes, they and exist. They exist. They're prehistoric. This motherfucker was so big. In the theater, it's dark. The, dude, the other two guys get up that are there. We're, we're trying to freaking corral this thing and kill it. You know, Couldn't find it. And the little fucker beelined it from the back of the theater all the way up front so it was like the whole night you know watching the rest of the movie i get the freaking flashlight on we're looking under the chairs we're making sure that things not coming back and hopping on one of us you know so it was it, it was an experience my wife's like i will never ever go back to this theater again i'm like of course not you know like i, I saw what was going on like in between the chairs there was like old like wrappers and candies and oh, chocolates wow. and popcorn they never really truly cleaned the place out after each movie so it's still kind of dirty so obviously 
you know, that's where it came from. I got so. a, to retort on that one. I got a quick Palmetto Bug story. I'm riding home from work. I'm about I'm actually up here, and I live about 45 minutes away. I just get on the highway, and I'm driving, doing about 70, 75, and something touches my leg. So, you know, you reach down, nothing there. I'm like, all right, cool. About two minutes go by, something touches my, my back. I'm like, all right, maybe, you know, it's just my brain. You know, you get, you, you get confused. Well, then a minute later, something touches my neck. And I feel like something's crawling on my neck. So I put my hand... I, it fills my whole hand. Now, I'm not a big guy, but I got decently sized hands. Um, and it's about a four inch palmetto bug. And I, I told my wife this story. She's like, I would have swerved the car and died. I had no reaction, thank God, because I'm still doing 75. I threw it on the ground, stomped around like a crazy person, <laughs> looked down to make sure it was dead. It was gone. That's the worst feeling in the world. Still had 40 minutes to drive home. The whole ride, that's I felt rough, it touching me. The whole ride, it was that's terrible. That's a rough 40 minutes. Uh, now, did you ever find them? Uh, so when I picked my kids up, I go to let my son in the car. I open the door, it comes flying out at my son. He goes running down the street. <laughs> so, I found it. <laughs> Dude, yeah, that's, that's a fucked up feeling, man. Welcome to Florida. A, that's a, that's a, yeah, that's a, that's a long car ride, 40 minutes, knowing that that little fucker's in there with you. But So, uh, I guess we'll get into... Some of the the stuff going on. Oh, yeah. So, uh, a lot of shit's been going on in the news. The latest and greatest controversy slash whatever you want to call it. The Kanye West, Jimmy Kimmel saga. I love it. I think it's great for TV, but also um, the interview, you know. Uh, Kanye West, you know, obviously this is... This whole interview sent shockwaves through the internet. You know, everybody's talking about it. Kimmel's following up on it. Kanye's saying Kimmel didn't give him an opportunity to really respond to it. So just to kind of give you guys a little background, um, for those of you who don't know who Kanye West is, he's a famous rapper married to Kim Kardashian, and you could Google the rest. Uh, Jimmy Kimmel, obviously, you know, Hollywood celebrity, has a late-night show in Hollywood, so... um, the funny thing about it is that uh, Jimmy Kimmel, I mean, the guy never had a bad thing ever to say about Donald Trump. He'd have Trump, you know, he had Trump on his show in 2016 while Trump was running. Right. And all he did was praise Trump on the show. He, he gave Trump a fair interview, laughed with Trump, shared jokes with Trump, had a great time with Trump. Never challenged him about the thoughts that he currently has and opinions that he currently has about Trump, which is pretty bad. Um, and I'm not just saying this because I'm a, a Donald Trump supporter. This is just from uh, being a person. But, um, you know, he didn't do any of that. No challenge, no head-to-head. But then when Trump's not on the show with him and time has passed, now all of a sudden he, it's like his weekly thing. He wants to bash Trump and rip Trump and all this. So he thought he was going to set up Kanye West uh, earlier this month with the whole, you know, asking him about why he's a Trump supporter and things like that. And, you know, Kanye had a really awesome response, I think, for Kanye. I mean, as you know, Kanye's bipolar. Not right. sitting, and there's nothing, out, and there's nothing the wrong with being bipolar. It is what it is. You're, right. you're born that way. It's, it's you know, but 
the thing is that he said some crazy shit over the years, Kanye West. Now, I'm a big fan of his music, always have been, ever since his first album dropped. I mean... Through the Wire. Through the Wire. Love that song. Overnight. Was it Overnight Celebrity? He was in that, too, with Twista, right? Right. And then... Um, which one of them that one of my favorites is uh, "It's a Good Life." I love that song. It's a feel good song. He but and that's just like the mainstream stuff. But he's had some really awesome stuff on his albums that never went mainstream. Excellent artist, excellent writer, excellent rapper. Love the guy uh, as an artist, as his a person. Shoes are ugly as sin. <laughs> yes, <laughs> and his his clothing line looks like it's straight out of uh, GQ homeless, but. <laughs> <laughs> he is a phenomenal rapper and from Chicago, must say. Yes, yes, it's true. Uh, great, great town, by the way. I've been there. Um, but anyway, you know, he he's met with Trump before privately. It was a big thing when he met with Trump. Um, now he's on Jimmy Kimmel's show, and he had a great response. I I meant when I was doing my research for the show, I meant to write down what his response was, but you know. You guys could Google it, but he had a wonderful response, like so intelligent and so truthful that I was like so impressed. I was like, is this really Kanye West talking? But like he killed it and he shut Jimmy Kimmel up and he shut Kimmel up. Kimmel immediately cuts the commercial and when they come back, changes the subject. Yeah, what I like about what Kanye did, he was he's very careful when he speaks and usually they don't you don't see that out of rappers. Um, and out of Kanye West over the last few years. But you could see, whenever Kimmel would say something, even trying to bash Trump, he would think about it, because he knows every response that he has is going to be used against him, depending on what he said. Mm -hmm. And he said something about uh, what I really liked about it. It was that, you know, again, and I guess I'm going to keep saying it every episode. It's the third time I'm saying it. I'm not a Trump guy. But he's your president. But he's my president. (laughs) But what Kanye said, and he said, listen, I didn't care what rap music thought of me or what Hollywood thought of me. He's like, I stuck by Trump because I believed in in Trump. Um, and he said something interesting, and he used this word, and I'm going to use it. I don't know if he used it properly, but it sounded, it's a big word, so I'm going to use it because it makes me sound smart. But he said, um, African Americans want you to have this monolithic thoughts. Like, if we feel you shouldn't like Trump because you're black, you shouldn't like Trump too. And he was completely fine with losing everything seemingly, just to stick by his beliefs. Yeah. I like that a lot. Absolutely. And what I did find interesting was, and uh, Glenn Beck was actually the one who, who brought this point out, which I thought it was a phenomenal point, but Kanye West said it took him a good year and a half to actually build up the courage to actually come out and say, hey, I support Trump. Like I, I truly support him. Do I agree on everything he says? No. But most of the things that I do. But that's my opinion. That's what goes on in my mind. Not because I'm black. Not because of anything else. It's just because that's how I see it. That's how I perceive it. That's how I feel. Now, the thing is this. Kanye West, we know all the accolades. We know everything he's done in his career. Multi-millionaire. Hollywood star. Married to Kim K. He's got three kids. Number four is probably on the way. That guy, if you want to talk about Hollywood entitlement or if you want to talk about whatever, he's an elite star. It took him a year and a half to build up courage to actually come out because of the potential backlash. So if a guy like him 
takes him that long. What about a regular black person? What about a regular white person? What yeah, about a regular, regular person. Yeah. any person, right? Yeah. How long is it going to take them to come out and say, hey, I, I support this guy because the media is saying you're not allowed to? It, and I agree with what Kanye said 100%. That's not just Trump, though. That's all things. All things, like Everybody yes. is so careful about what they have to say about giving their opinions because of social media is going to get a hold of it and you can go viral and be a racist or be a bigot or be a right. sexist or be a transphobe or be a whatever overnight and ruin your whole life because you have an opinion i mean the united states is based on opinions i mean that's the reason we're all together is so we can share opinions ideas and and thoughts right and and our society is destroying all that correct i mean you can't have a thought of your own well you can but you can't say it out loud because you're gonna be worried about offending you sorry i don't give a crap hockey's not a sport I'm not. I'm not sorry. I told you, man. You better watch those toothless people. You're gonna have to pay some dental bills after this show, bro. <laughs> but you know, look, it, it's it's the individual. Like I said on the last show, I could line up, you know, ten people of ten different races and cut them, and everyone's gonna have the same color blood. You know, at the end of the day, it's we're we're all from the same thing, right? And we're not as smart as we say we are, you know. We're not... Speak for yourself. Yeah, well, we all don't know where we truly came from, right? We have ideas, we have faith, we have beliefs, but we don't truly know because we don't have those facts in front of us. So for our society to tell us how we feel about things or how we should think about things is absolutely wrong. I don't agree with it. And, and for our listeners out there, I, frankly, I don't really watch the news anymore at all. The yeah. only way I know what's going on is if I actually read it on multiple platforms and then come to my own conclusion, if I believe it or not, or, you know, is it, is it kind of, you know, is it being drawn out too much to, to get ratings, whatever the case may be. So, you know, I'm going to try my best to believe what I believe in and, and think what I think and not let any news outlet or any group of individuals influence the way I think. And I think that's what Kanye it was getting at. Oh, yeah, definitely. And that's why I like um, our tagline, not to pat ourselves on the back, is, you know, we speak your mind. Because if you can't say it, if there's something you want to get out there and you want on the news, not that we have millions of listeners, but one day we will. If you if you want to get it out and you can't say it, not, not afraid. It's okay to be afraid. But if you can't say it for fear of repercussion from your job or your family or whatever, send it to us. We'll say it for you. Yeah, we absolutely will. And, and just so you listeners know, you know, me and Brian, we know each other for a few years, but we're still getting to know one another. You know, we're friends. We're good friends. But there's a lot of conversations that me and Brian never had before. And for the first time, we're having them on this show. So, you know, I think the first couple episodes, we kind of agreed on a lot of things. But I think as time goes on and we get more comfortable talking to one another and s certain subjects come up, there's going to be some disagreeing too. So, oh, it's coming. Yeah, and, and, it's, <laughs> and the great thing about this show, it's an interesting exchange because we're not going to always, you know, it's not going to be written down and, you know, this is what we're discussing. Obviously, we do that because we need to stay on, on subject and, and timing and things like that. But more importantly... I may say something that triggers Brian. He may say something that triggers me. And now all of a sudden we have a, 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 an argument going. 
and it's it's real it's not fake it's not a planned argument it's an argument that's happening with two people from two totally different backgrounds that um are going to either agree to disagree or who knows maybe we'll show each other our point of view that that might sound a little better than what we currently think so you know it's not always about fighting and bashing each other because of you know our beliefs or what we think yeah and something else that kanye touched on and i think he was trying to speak more about it but just like there's only so much you can talk about on those interviews but he was talking about using love not hate which is actually something we talked about last time about the um, the stars or the um nfl players you know do things positive not negative and 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 it just to repeat what we said last time like that's the way to get through stuff stop hating on trump about what he does wrong or anybody don't hate on try to help them fix it say instead of saying hey you shouldn't have said that but hey maybe you could have said it like this mm-hmm. it's okay to disagree with somebody but negativity is just going to make more negativity absolutely try to say hey you know joe i know you don't like the cubs but this is why you should rizzo <laughs> is amazing i know nothing about baseball i know rizzo because he's from here um you know the yankees yeah they're great they're just not as good <laughs> you know don't be negative be positive 27 world titles. Uh, they're not that good. No, of course not. No, terrible. Especially that Jeter guy. Dude, and, and, and not to just kind of bounce around, but real quick, my dog is throwing a temper tantrum right now in the background, and it's amazing because this dog is so emotionally smart that because I'm in the middle of this show and I'm ignoring her because she's been like right under me this entire time. Oh, yeah. Now she's throwing like a little tantrum. And she's so you're gonna hear her in the background. So you know we all have pets, so it's cool. But I wanted to say this: I, I think Jimmy Kimmel's a piece of shit, and I'll and I'm gonna tell you why I think he's a piece of shit. Um, because I think that this guy, and by the way, I really don't watch his show, but he always somehow pops up in in the news. So uh, you know you always get some clips of what he does. Now, mind you, some of the stuff he does is funny, so I will not disagree with that. But you know, you, you 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 basically are on. You're Trump's friend when he's on the show, and when he's not on the show, you're you're not his friend. You know, you 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 bash him on a weekly basis, and obviously, this is being done for ratings. The, who right. knows what Jimmy Kimmel actually thinks and feels? But I think this guy is just a puppet to the network, and because he's on a um, a liberal network, uh, they're they're really feeding him what to say, and he's just going with it because he doesn't want to lose his job. But who knows what this guy thinks? But I will tell you this: as a man, as a human being, this guy was making fun of Melania Trump's accent. Okay, now here's the thing: she she did something where she was in front of a, a, a bunch of children, and she was reading a book to them, like a lot of the presidents do. George oh, W. did it; he read the, the book upside do down. George W. did. He read the book upside down. I mean, you know what I mean. Coke's a hell of a drug. That was that was a that was a great laugh, by the way. But anyway, you here's the funny part. So Kimmel does all this. Let's make fun of Trump because minorities don't like Trump, and you know the majority of people that are minority or different ethnic backgrounds, uh, the Democratic Party people that are from a, a, a lower class financially. Uh, they don't like Trump, and these are the people that watch my show. So I'm just going to bash this shit out of Trump. But now I'm going to go an extra step and make fun of his wife, who's an immigrant, who has an accent, 
And I'm gonna make belittle her, make fun of her the way she talks and the way she was reading the book. And he gets a cheap laugh. It's a cheap joke for a cheap laugh. That's that's what he does, right? So you're basically tailor making your jokes about Trump for people that are are what I explained minorities and 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 ethnic backgrounds that typically the majority of them don't don't agree with Trump. Now his wife who is in the same uh, ethnic or demographic class as these people, not financially, but in other ways. She was an immigrant. She came over to this country. He's By him making fun of the way she speaks, he's making fun of everyone else out there that is that, that came to this country as an immigrant. Their families came to this country as an immigrant. He's making fun of them. This woman speaks six languages fluently, by the way. She's very well educated, okay? And she's a woman. You're a man. Who the hell do you think you are on national television? Forget even about that it's a first lady. But it's a woman that you decide to go for a low blow, cheap shot to make fun of her. But meanwhile, this country is built around immigrants. You're going to make fun of everybody's accent. I'm, I'm born in America. I'm from Brooklyn, New York. I have an accent. It's obvious. I don't care. That's, that's how I talk. But people bust my balls about my accent too. But it is what it is. Do I like it? Yeah, it's kind of annoying, you know, but I don't make a big to-do out of it. But if I were to go up to a Spanish guy and constantly make fun of his accent, or I go up to a black dude and, and talk the way he talks, you know, or I talk, anybody, whatever. I'm just using examples, Chinese, whatever, right? You're, you're, you're going ahead and making fun of a woman that speaks like that. I think it's absolutely wrong. I don't. I don't think you do things like that. Well, I mean, there's, there's. Uh, I, I get what you're saying. There's two parts of that, though. Number one, he is a stand-up comedian, so a lot of it is satire, which me and you spoke about. Is is, is you know, it's just jokes. Um, and and then you also said before he's on the liberal network. That's his job. He's doing his job. Now, do I agree with it? No, you, you shouldn't bash people for. I mean, you're completely right. Uh, this country is based on immigrants and accents and, and different ethnicities. But he's told what to say. You know, how much of his stuff does he actually write? Probably none of it. So the but writers, I don't know. You know, you know I'm, I'm going to guess know. that. You know, and, and people smarter than us do know. But um, he's given a script. Whether he has it in his hand or he's said written down, he's got to do his job. And if his job is to bash Trump, he could be have one of those red hats in his uh, in his car. Mm. You know, he could love Trump to death. But if his job is to say I don't like him or I'm going to make fun of Melania, whether he agrees with it or not, you know, how much pushback did he give when he heard that? Maybe none. He could be a piece of shit, but maybe he did get pushback. But it's not his choice. Right. You know, so there's. I mean, there's I, I get what you're saying. Yeah. I get how that's shitty. But you know, like you said, liberal network. They're going to, because the people who are listening aren't the people who like Trump and like Melania. They're the yeah. people who don't. And like you said, it's all about ratings. Oh, 100%. 100% it is. And yeah, I get it. It's his job. You know, I was um, in, in June, me and my wife were in New York and my uncle, uh, I'm not going to say the network, but my uncle's an engineer for a major news network. And he's been working there for 38 years. Uh, we were guests on the show privately behind the scenes not actually on the oh, okay. show uh but the we were there in the in the news station in the in the room with two news broadcasters 
and the director of the show that's behind the scenes and us. That was it. So How cool was that? It was amazing. Amazing experience. You, millions of people watching live news of things that are breaking news that are happening right now. And everyone's watching this. And me and my wife are sitting right behind the cameras. And I have pictures to show. It's pretty fucking cool. So here's the thing. We were actually given the scripts of the show. The same exact scripts that the news anchors had. Wow. It's, a, it's all there. They read off the teleprompter. They have their bullet points. It's a, it's a list. It's an ABCD list that they have with all different segments that they're going to talk about. And, and, and it just goes with the flow of the show. So they know what segment they're on. They know what's coming on next on the, on the TV screen. And then the director is looking at that screen. And then he'll go three... Two, one. That's when the video ends, and he cues them to start talking, and that's when they read off the teleprompter, and then they just read what they see. Professionally, they're amazing at it. They literally are seeing it for the first time, and they're just pros, man. Just reading. But here's the thing: they're just reading it. Is this what that's coming from them, their heads? No, right. it's coming from the teleprompter. But the funny part was there was a, a situation where a couple went into a convenience store to rob it, and the guy that was behind the counter like took a gun out and the boyfriend or whoever beelined it out and the girl freaked out, ran in the back and somehow like worked her way up into the vent and went into the ceiling and was crawling through the ceiling, ended up falling through the ceiling and this idiot went flying into like the freaking the, the, the tray of food and everything got knocked over and everything in this convenience store. So they had to report it and then... They had a cut to commercial, and then the news anchors are laughing. And even the news anchor was like, what an idiot. Like, who would do that, you know? And we're having this exchange with the, the news anchor, and we're laughing about it. So, you know, these people on these networks, they're real people. They're just reading a script. So I agree with you there. Right. He's definitely reading off a script. But I just don't like that it's always got to be about the same thing over and over be crafty with your jokes. Those are cheap jokes. No, you're right. You're right. Um, but something else Kanye West was speaking about, and again, I, I wish I would have heard his point of view on this more, um, but I guess you can. He referenced a song on his new album, Yay. Uh, it's only seven tracks. It's actually really, really, really good. Welcome back, Kanye West. Uh, it's called Violent Crimes. Uh, it sounds terrible, but please listen to it. It's about um, your daughter dating. And that's something. My daughter's 11. And that's creeping up on us. Uh, your daughter's 10, pretty sure. Yep. Right? Yep. Um, it's creeping up on us. So I wrote down, or I printed out, um, the lyrics. And there's one part that just stuck out to me. Um, and I'm going to I'm gonna say it, so it's not going to You should flowy. wrap it for the, for the listeners. I, I will not. You come on. I love you all, I'll, but I will we not. We can drop a beat in here real quick. <laughs> so it says, uh, no, daddy don't play. Not when it come to their daughters. And, it, and then he's talking to the daughter. Don't do no yoga. Don't do Pilates. Just play the piano and stick to karate. I pray your body's straight more like mine, not like your mommy's. And um, I cannot echo that enough. I wish my daughter was built like me, without boobs, without, you know, a women's physique. I mean, not for her sake, but for mine. Um, but it is terrifying. It is terrifying to think of... To think of Men being able to look at my little girl, uh, let alone boys, because shit, I was a boy. I know what they think. It's gross. Yeah, man. Um, I 
Like, I, I can't I can't say I didn't get choked up when I heard this song because I, I it, it's terrifying out there. Yeah. I mean, the world is full of animals, and it says it in the song too. It calls men savages, and that's what that's what we are. We're just a bunch of Neanderthals. We're hell. hunters and gatherers. That's what men are. That's what we were built on from day one when we were here as Neanderthals and and little little people walking around this earth. You know, we are. We're animals until we have a daughter. Yeah, and then it just makes it super clear. Like, yeah. oh crap, this is all the things I did wrong, um, and it makes it scary, man. I'm I'm honestly terrified every day. To think of the things I'm gonna have to deal with, the stuff I watched family members go through. Yeah. Um, you know, I'll put it out there: the stuff I did to young ladies just by breaking hearts, nothing physical or nothing like that, because my parents raised me right. You know, um, I never beat a girl, nothing like that, but I hurt them. You know, emotionally, which sometimes is way worse. Sure. Um, well, you know, when you when you hurt someone emotionally, it changes them. It changes how they think, how they perceive people. Uh, there's a level of trust that's broken, and it's hard to to break those barriers down in the future, you know. And I think that when you have a kid uh, and you're raising a kid, especially a little girl, uh, you do think of those things like, wow, because in his song, I did hear his song, and there was a part in his song where he said, uh, a, a paraphrase, but it was along the lines of, you know, I once thought this way, and now that I have a daughter... Now I think this way, yeah. but I remember how I thought when I didn't have my daughter. And it, it's interesting because, yeah, you know, when you're growing up and you're a teenager and the hormones are kicking, you got all these wild, crazy thoughts in your head, you know, anything, anything will, will get you going. So, um, you know, now that, and, and like you said, look, I, I've done my fair share too of, of heartbreaking and stuff like that uh, growing up and, uh, you know. At the time, you don't care or maybe, you know, it's not a big deal to you. But as you get older and as you have your own experiences and then you have children of your own, um, you remember those experiences and you don't want those things to happen to your kid. So I think it's a great song. Uh, I think that it's a great message. If you guys haven't heard it, definitely check out the song. I haven't heard the rest of the album, but the song is cool. Yeah, and there's actually a part in it and it's funny uh, it's funny because, you know, him being a Hollywood star and this giant millionaire, actually he might be a billionaire by now, um, he still thinks like us as guys. There's a part of the song that says, I answered the door like Will Smith and Martin, which is referencing bad boys. <laughs> yes. when, the, when the young man comes to the door and they answer with their guns all hood-like. And it's funny because me and my best friends, um, Justin and David, we always talk about doing that. Um just answering the door, like, do we have a problem here? And, you know, being being you know, the stupid uncles being there, <laughs> threatening to beat them up, no matter how big they are. Um, and it's just funny to, that somebody who is, you know, we, we see as a view as a star, he's out there, he could never be like me and you, has the same thoughts that we do. I, I just found it really, really funny. And, and it, it makes him, you know, I, I have to say, um, back when he was doing all his crazy stuff and I didn't know he was bipolar, you know, I was one of the people who were like, well, fuck that guy. I'm not going to listen to his music. He's trash. And now I kind of feel like an asshole, you know, because he was sick. You know, he mm. was he was in a manic state. But even still, um, I try to pride myself on not being somebody who, you know, just because someone says something to cut them off without an explanation. Mm. Not that they owe me one, but, I, you know, I say a lot of crazy crap. 
you know, and if half the people I said crazy crap to didn't talk to me anymore, I'd have about two friends. <laughs> you know, I'm, that's I'm, probably what I'm down to now. <laughs> you got me, Joe. You got me. <laughs> that's right. You count as two yourself. Thank you. You call me fat. No, I've lost I'm, some weight. I'm talking about the grand friendship Ooh. that we have here, my friend. It's larger than life. It's not always about you, okay? I mean, it is my world and everybody else just lives in it, oh, but hey, right. I guess I guess it's not about me. Not so much. Uh, yeah, man. Um, I had some crazy stories, uh, uh, you know, growing up and doing crazy shit. I want to ask you, what was, um, I know you grew up mainly down here. Yep. Um were you into like the club scene or all bar hopping or any of that? I know you got married young and you met your your wife young. Yeah. So, um, not really. Uh, when I was in early twenties, I said, you know, go out and get get drunk up places. Um, mostly up in Boca, mostly at Tricky Dicks in Boca. Oh yeah. Um, wild place. Yeah, it got wild. Uh, my wife saved me. Let's put it that way. Um, you know, I'll tell this long story later, but. When my daughter was born, um, the woman, who is now my wife, uh, left me for a while because I couldn't get my act together, and it forced me to. So she saved me because um, I could have seen myself going down a crazy path. But, you know, 18 to 21, I did, you know, I went to Palladium down in Coconut Creek for 18 and older. You know, I did little little crazy stuff yeah. like that. Nothing, nothing too much. I, I think I've been to maybe five clubs, you know, um, that's just not my thing. It's too many people. Yeah, too many people, and you're never going to meet anybody in one of those places, anyways. Oh, and I have to, speaking of meeting somebody, I told my buddy I would quote him today, my buddy Thomas, because he said, because um, we talked about plenty of fish. Yeah, he said, tell anybody listening, try OK Cupid, a lot less dogs. Okay, so okay, Thomas, Cupid. that's for you. Okay, Cupid. Well, you got to hop on these things while they're hot because when pe- more people start figuring out that's when the the animals start that's true they migrate in. they migrate in so uh yeah catch those catch <laughs> you got to catch those quick before it gets <laughs> flooded right you know there's no wool that's the problem the, the these these plenty of fishes and these bumblers and all those other fucking things out there they have no wool we need to build a wall around these fucking apps that's what we need to do Better screening process for the apps. I think that's what the. I think there should be an app out there, a screening process before you actually given a profile. I like that. Yeah. Don't don't give it away. You'd be rich. You're giving away the, the the secrets here. I'm an open book. I can't help it. <laughs> <laughs> so SummerSlam. Oh, I wanted to. Uh, I. Uh, you want to talk about it now? I wanted to touch on the hurricane. Well, because. Uh, do you want to segue back and forth a little bit? We'll do, we'll do. Only I don't want to, you know. I know some people say, "Yeah, I gotta save the save the wrestling for later." All right, you're right, right. Fucking, fucking. I'm just so talk about fucking wrestling here. Talk just, about some real shit. I'm just so excited. But hurricane, we'll talk about the hurricane. Because we got some hurricane stories, you know. Yeah, I got a couple. <laughs> we got a we, couple. How are we doing on time? We're all right. We're good. Yeah. All right. We could. Yeah. We could. We'll, we'll tiptoe in the in the so red today. Let's we'll see talk what happens. About I feel bad for these people. Uh, they got they got racked up today over there. Thankfully, it, it went down to a Category 2. It was a Cat 4 for a while. So it dropped down. But, bro, fucking 105-mile-an-hour winds. Last major hurricane was a Cat 4 in 1992 for these people. So they are not prepared on this island to get hit with that kind of weather. And you have nowhere to go. You're on an island. 
Yeah, we're going to jump in the volcano. That's terrifying. Yeah, man. It's tough. And there's morons that are surfing right now. They had to send the cops out there to tell them, come on. You know, that's enough. You're not fucking Mona from the movie. Time to go. Let's 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 get back onto the freaking land over here. I mean, like you said, I've lived in Florida my pretty much my whole life, all of two all but two years. Um, I was in Miami for Hurricane Andrew, which was our biggest storm. Um, I was seven. Uh, destroyed our whole house. I lived in Homestead, so if you if you Google Homestead and Hurricane Andrew, you'll see what I what we dealt with. <laughs> but we lost our home. Uh, the roof came off. We had to move up to uh, Coconut Creek and live with somebody. But I mean, it was we lost everything. Pictures, you know. It, these storms are, are nothing to play with, you know. Um, you know, we had a we had that nice fun one a few years back, which we we hunkered down. We helped the whole neighborhood. Uh, <laughs> Nothing happened. We helped the whole neighborhood put their, oh. put their uh, shutters up, and we worked real hard. And everyone got together, which is what I did like out of it. Yeah, all the neighbors were helping neighbors. We're out yeah. here helping single moms, and yeah. we're out here helping uh, old ladies. Um, not just us, but the whole neighborhood got together. Yeah. It was beautiful. And then a whole lot of nothing. It was nothing. a little thunderstorm. That's yeah. That's the. That's Florida. You know, they scare the fucking shit out of you on the news. Everybody runs to Publix and Home Depot or stocking up at the last minute. And you're putting hurricane shutters up. And, you know, the, I've never seen such a, uh, you know, community come together than hurricane season. Like, everyone's there for one another. Neighbors are there. Everybody's helping each other out. My wife's friend who's a single mom she went through a breakup at the time and she had nobody to help her out i went over there put all her shutters up for her you know with her fucking screws that were like i mean i i sent it to the hardware store i said do me a favor it's a little cheaper at this hardware store it's called orchid hardware in coral springs go over there and get yourself some like a bunch of bolts because these bolts are not gonna hold so she had a, i had to send it to the store put the bolts up it was fucking hot as balls out going on a, a freaking roof and all this stuff right but that's what you do you know you help each other out and then a whole lot of fucking nothing so guys uh, you know i'll give some advice to people in hawaii um you, you want to plan uh for obviously the worst but you want to have the best possible time while you're planning for the worst so my suggestion would be go to the nearest liquor store pick up you know 175 a captain uh, you want to get a 175 of your favorite vodka. Get some mixes. Uh, if you like beer, get some beer. Throw yourself a fucking hurricane party because you are going to be stressed as fuck. And, and coming from pros like us down here in Florida, we've dealt with a ton of fucking hurricanes. Just get fucked up. Just get drunk. Everybody, everybody fucking does it. The neighbors get together. Throw a hurricane party. Relax. You know, get drunk because I'd rather be drunk and, you know, it is what it is than terrified and not know what to fucking do. I can't say I completely approve this message. <laughs> um, go buy water and, 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 and food, canned goods. Um, I do agree you need to have fun. Uh, it sucks and you will be terrified the whole time. But just... Uh, if you're if you're new around here, find some pros. They'll help you get you through it. Uh, luckily, you know where we lived, we had all pros. Yeah, uh, but you know the wives are still terrified. Didn't know what was going to happen. And then we had one 
Was it the following year or the same year? Dude, the... Knocked us out for a little bit. I bought my home, which we're recording in right now, um, in October of 2017, and that's when the hurricane hit. Right. So I put an offer on this house. We put the offer in, in like the first week of October, and like five days later, the hurricane hit. Right, you and hadn't I closed was, yet. I don't no, think. we didn't even close yeah. yet. So I was like, call the real estate agent, call the owner, tell them, put shutters up on this house. You know, I don't want any issues, but I had a deal. Like if anything happened through the hurricane to the house, I'm out of the contract, you know. But thankfully, nothing happened. The, the people that own this home really took care of it, so we're very lucky. Uh, but if you're preparing, you know, for a hurricane, I, you know, the worst thing about hurricane preparation is the fact that 99% of the people wait for the last minute Yep. when they hear about it on the news. And that's when the frenzy breaks out. The fucking lines of Publix, there's no water left. You go to Home Depot, you can't get a generator. If you can, they gouge the fuck out of you because you got to love corporate America. That's what they do. And, you know, you, you put yourself in a, in a bad situation. This is what I do. I think it's the best possible way to, to go about it. Throughout the year, stock up. If you have a garage, a shed, or a closet, whatever, wherever you have extra space in your home, create a box of supply. What I do, when I go to Publix, I'll, I'm going grocery shopping, I get a, a case of batteries. You know, I'll get some batteries. I'll get some, you know, canned goods that we'll leave in the back of the, the you know, the cupboard and won't touch it. But well, if we need it, we have it, you know. So just get yourself some, some food that you can eat. That's that's good, you know, all year round out of a can. Just something to get you by. And definitely get a generator. Try to buy them during the off-season. They're a lot cheaper. And you'll save yourself a lot of time. As soon as I hear a hurricane's coming, go get yourself some gas. Leave it in your garage. You know, when the hurricane hits, you're prepared. You don't have to leave. So, you know, that's, that's a way to, to do it where... You know, you don't have any trouble. And then, you know, I have great neighbors, by the way. So whenever I run into shit, they fucking, they'll come help me out. So make friends with some neighbors, too, that have tools. That's always a plus. That is important. I know I don't, I didn't have a lot a couple years ago. Now, luckily, I've gathered more. Um, but, yeah, um, be prepared year-round. You know, you <laughs> when you go, instead of buying one case of water, buy two. <laughs> have it there. Dude, uh, Florida is like the fucking walking dead during hurricane season. Oh, yeah. Like, it is the fucking... When there's a hurricane that's hitting, it's the fucking walking dead. You see all walks of life at gas stations. Everybody looks all strung out. People are fucking fighting with each other. It's like survival of the fucking fittest. It, it, it's it's absolute mayhem. I laugh. What are you going to do? They kill each other at the gas stations, man. Waiting on lines, honking horns crashing into each other fist fights you've seen the videos oh yeah it's crazy yeah i've seen it live i mean it's it's nuts um yeah i mean gas prices go out of this world uh and the lines are crazy and it's it's nuts it's nuts it's it's no fun we got hit with hurricane francis long time ago and i was staying at a friend's house during a hurricane and we went to tricky dicks actually it was hurricane francis the, it was right before the storm hit. The wind was picking up. We walked to Tricky Dicks from Southwest 3rd Street. Bought, bought liquor. They were already out of power, by the way. So we had to pay cash at the liquor store, but they were still open. Dude, we fucking stocked up on shit. Went back to the house, got shit-faced, 
at night, the power went out. The storm was, you know, in full effect. Dude, in the middle of the night, I woke up sweating bullets. I drank, you know, I wasn't feeling it. I didn't care. I, I didn't give a shit. I walked out the house during the hurricane, and I went on the porch. There was a bench there, and I fell asleep the whole night. <laughs> I slept through the storm outside. Oh, my goodness. Dude, I woke up the next morning when it was all said and done. It was still breezy out, but it wasn't, like, bad. I couldn't believe... When I woke up, I couldn't believe that I actually slept outside during Hurricane Francis. And survived. Survived. I woke up with about, no exaggeration, hundreds of thousands of gnats all over my body. That's they all stuck to me. They just like, well, freaking wind was probably blowing them all over the place. And they also, I'm like, what the fuck is this? They were all over me. It was disgusting. I was spitting them out of my mouth. Dude. But I survived Hurricane Francis sleeping outside. So, That's terrifying. Yeah. I'm going to put that on my resume. That's good. I mean, I remember I fell asleep during one hurricane. I forget which one it was. Woke up in the middle of the night. And it was just me and my father at home. And the lights were up. Street lights, nothing. Everything's pitch black. I had to walk around my house with a glow-in-the-dark toothbrush. That was it. Was insane. I was like, well, I guess I'm just gonna go back to sleep because I can't do anything. You can't walk around. No, that was nuts. Yeah, man. So SummerSlam. SummerSlam. Um, SummerSlam. I don't want to talk about the whole thing because it was a very long show. Um, honestly, wasn't fan. Didn't blow my didn't blow my hair back. You know, it was it was all right. Um, but yeah. I think the biggest thing that came out of it was Ronda Rousey winning her first title. I I think it might have been too fast. Um, I, I yes and no. I would say yes. Uh, and it's funny, my wife who doesn't watch wrestling at all, she watches the Divas, uh, WWE Divas, the show, whatever it's called. Uh, but n- no, no wrestling. She can't stand it. But she said to me after I told her Rousey won, she was like, "Isn't it a bit soon?" You know, how, how do all the other girls who have been there for 10, 12, 15 years, how do they feel? And and I understand. You know, I get it. You know, especially winning off Alexa Bliss, who, personally, like I said, is the best female on the mic. Um, and she's a hard worker, as you can see. She's always there, always constantly doing things for WWE. But, you know, Ronda Rousey's a big name. They want to sell tickets. They want to mm-hmm. sell clothing. They want to sell, you know, this un, un, unbeatable woman. You know, they call the most, world's most dangerous woman. I forget how they say it, but mm-hmm. that's what they want to sell, and, and you have to give her the title for that. Yeah. Uh, my my thing with that, I think it's it's definitely too soon. Um, you know, it defeats the purpose of when she originally came on the show. She said she wants to be treated like everyone else. She doesn't want to be treated like a, a celebrity or someone that came from UFC and now is going to just get a title shot right out the gate. She wanted to be treated just like any newcomer on the card, and it totally was not the case. Right. She had, what, four matches in her career, and now that's it. She's the champ. There are women that are on the roster right now that have been on the indie circuit. They've been in the WWE farm system, the NXT. They got called up, and they've been on the roster for years now and still haven't gotten a title. So, yeah, it does suck for them. Um, I have nothing against Ronda Rousey. I, I You know, I, I like her. Yeah. Uh, I think she's cool. I, I, I liked what she did in the UFC. 
But I, I think it's way too soon because here's the thing. Yes, in reality, she could kill every girl on the roster in a real fight. No questions asked. But as far as wrestling is concerned, the, the thing is this. There has to be a believable story that they have to tell in the ring. Ronda Rousey can't get her ass beat in any match. She just can't. There's nobody right now on the roster that could kick her ass that people would believe it. No. She's the ass kicker, right? Everyone else getting their ass kicked. But what I would have done is just let her kick ass for a longer period of time before she gets the title shot. Let her go up the ladder. Yeah, just go through the whole roster. And now you're really too soon. You know, but look, it is what it is. This is how they wanted to write the show. I think I think she'll be a good champion. Um, they're gonna make a lot of money with her. Yeah. So, um, you know, I'm cool. I'm cool with her being champ, even though it's too soon. Too soon. Yeah. But uh, the, other than that, um, I guess we'll we'll get right to it. I thought, yo, the Samoa Joe and AJ Styles feud was really good. They kind of reminded me a little bit of Attitude Era. That now, you know, AJ's wife was involved. Samoa Joe was saying some shit to her. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I didn't like the match. I think they've had way better matches than that in the past. But they don't let them loose. Those are two of the best performers in the world. And they don't let them loose. Um, NXT is the only show where they really let the performers loose. And that's why every single takeover will be better than every single pay-per-view. 100%. 100% of the time. Yeah, 100%. Because they let them just go. <clears throat> that that NXT TakeOver was probably the best pay-per-view I have seen in years. Hands down. It, yeah. From, from start to finish, if you're a fan of wrestling, that card, every single match was phenomenal. Every single match. There was not a boring match these guys, these girls, they're going out in the ring. They're doing new moves, different stuff. I mean, telling real good stories in the ring. Yep. They're leaps and bounds better than the guys that are in the WWE. Better than the stories that are being told in the WWE. Everything about NXT, in my opinion, is better than everything that's going on in WWE. Yeah, NXT is is the future. Um, I mean, it is WWE, but it's not. It feels like, and I, I've heard people call it this. It's WWE's indie scene. Yeah, you know, it's the workers working hard. Oh, excuse me. To go up and be mediocre. Mm-hmm. It should be completely the opposite. Yeah. You know, there's no way with these names out there they should be outshining. You know, the John Cena's, the Roman Reigns, the Seth Rollins. I mean, Seth Rollins could probably outshine all those people. They just and AJ Styles too. Just got to let them loose, but I they don't. They, Vince McMahon won't let it go. I don't I don't get it? Um, you know that. So Ricochet and Adam Cole. That match was just awesome. Awesome. I mean, Adam Cole. He's a good wrestler. Uh, he's definitely not the best wrestler. He's a very good wrestler, but he's he's got the charisma. He's got the crowd. He like, I mean, just him, his presence alone, it's exciting. And then you get a guy like Ricochet that's, like, probably, like, the best performer out there, man. I mean, that guy, he yeah, does. he's up there. Him and uh, Will Ospreay in New Japan. But, yeah, Ricochet is amazing. Yeah. I, 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 you know, Adam Cole, I feel the same way. You know, I think of him as, and I'm going to get roasted for this one, new HBK. 
No, no, I, I'm, I got you. He's a smaller version. He's a small dude. Yeah, not, not a just because of super kick though, but his his work on the mic. Yeah, and the fans love him, even though he's a heel. Yeah, you know, I, I think he he will be up there with HBK if they use him properly. Has to be used properly. That's the thing. But other than that, that uh, Gargano and Champa. Dude, you know, what they, a match, bro. The buildup wow. in the story is kind of needing... It's needing to stop. It's been going on for over a year. Um, if you don't know the backstory on them, they were one of the most dominant tag teams in NXT. They were DIY. And then Ciampa, a little over a year ago, I believe, uh, destroyed Johnny Gargano out of nowhere after they lost the title match. And this feud's been going on ever since. Uh, it needs to come to an end pretty soon, but it's 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 really good. It's a good feud. It's a good that's that's good storytelling. I mean, look, McMahon and Austin went forever, right? It was good. Uh, I thought the match was phenomenal. I mean, they kicked the shit out of each other. The the moves were great. The the kick out the near falls. I mean, were awesome. You thought the match ended five times and it didn't. Yeah. And the ending was phenomenal. The handcuff. Oh, it was Dude, insane. I mean, what a way to end it. Even the crafty little things, like when it was the last man standing match, so when they were doing eight, nine, the referee went to count to ten, Champa rolls out of the ring and lands on his feet. Yep. Crafty, simple little things like that that you're like, oh, wow, that you know, simple stuff. I wouldn't have thought of that. Right, I wouldn't have thought of that, but that is cool. Uh, and then when he gets handcuffed at the end and he, and he wins it the way he does, I thought it, I thought Gargano was going was gonna to win the match. And they told an awesome story. You know, it had me, as someone who knows this is fake, and who, who prides himself on being able to tell who's going to win, you know, by what they say or what they do, it had me, like, I was standing up in front of my TV, because I'm such a Johnny Wrestling, Johnny Gargano fan. Also trained by Shawn Michaels, by the way. Yes, sir. Um, and they made Tommaso Ciampa this amazing heel, um, that I was I was just intrigued, and I was... Honestly, heartbroken when that ended that way, mm-hmm. but it was amazing. He's when that guy gets called up, watch out. Champa's uh, going to be phenomenal in WWE. Uh, as long as Vince is gone, he'll be fine. Yeah, well, a guy like that, he's got to go right in the main event status. Like he's got to be among the guys that are competing for the 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 main championship, Universal or uh, you know if they put him on SmackDown. But uh, real quick, that last fight. Finally, hopefully, the end of Lesnar and Roman Reigns bullshit. Now, here is what I heard. Behind the scenes shit. This is what I heard. Vince McMahon knew that he got an inkling that people were going to walk out of the main event. Nobody wanted to see Lesnar and Reigns fight. So there was going to be a big walkout. And Vince McMahon throws the... Because he's a genius... And he knows what he's doing with the crowd. Threw the monkey wrench in, had Strowman come out immediately. And that's what sucked the people back in. Because like, oh shit, Strowman's going to cash in? What's going to happen? Let me sit this one out and see what happens. And he totally screwed with everybody. They beat the shit out of uh, Braun Strowman. Roman Reigns wins the strap. And you see how fast they cut they cut the show off? Oh yeah. So no Roman Reigns out. looks at the belt and then boom, cut the show off. But I heard when that show went off, because I have friends of mine that live in Brooklyn that told, were at the show and told me what happened, they were booing the shit out of Roman Reigns after that. Everyone felt like cheated because, you know, uh, Strowman didn't get his opportunity. 
It's coming. Cash in. It's coming. It's coming. It, it definitely is. So I think we're uh, at the end here. Yeah, I think so. I think I'm, I'm gonna I'm gonna pour a nice Captain and Coke now and smoke a cigarette and just kick it. I'm gonna pour water and drive myself back home. <laughs> but um, guys, thanks again for all the love you've given us, uh, the follows, the ratings. Thanks again, Mom. Um, please keep hitting us up on at our Gmail at a guy thing podcast at gmail.com at Twitter at a guy thing pod Instagram at a guy thing podcast send us your videos send us your photos send us stuff you want us to see um, and again like we said earlier if you can't say it we will absolutely we speak your mind um, so I guess uh, that's it for this week we look forward to our next episode and we'll be rolling out our guests soon And again, please listen to the song, Violent Crimes, Kanye West, new album, yay. Yay!